1: Hello, and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Cranges McBasketball. And Tim, we just saw the Lakers get another win over the Utah Jazz, but it came at a cost. Anthony Davis, uh, I think officially, you know, like mid-foot sprain, um, he'll be reevaluated in four weeks, deja vu all over again. I think he was on the court for a little under three weeks before he ended up. Going back out. So um I saw a list of all his injuries and in last like calendar year. Oh my God, Tim. I gotta see if I can find the tweet. But you know, fortunately that first year with AD, that bubble season, you know, even before that that bubble, uh, he was pretty healthy and mm-hmm. they had a couple months off, obviously, and then came back for the bubble, which seems to really help that team. But AD cannot catch a break. And uh the Lakers Season might be hinging on whether or not he can come back in a reasonable amount of time and if the Lakers can kind of keep their head above water. So I don't know. Did you see anything from the end of that Utah game? Uh, The Lakers could take forward. They're doing some stuff with Russ and LeBron that we've been asking for, Tim, some staggering. Is that enough? Is it gonna have it to, may not be
2: enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like,
1: well, we plus can, LeBron plays forty minutes and goes like MVP thirty-five, eight and seven. LeBron, maybe that's mm-hmm. enough, but even then,
2: yeah, and, and we just—I mean, I don't think he can play forty minutes a night and then like not get hurt right. at some point. Like, I'm—I'm I'm so worried about this team, Tom, but. Of the – I think we listed like six or seven things off on the last pod that they needed to start doing to be better. Working the rotation to be better is one of those things. And so part of that is Avery Bradley not playing or playing as much as he had been or certainly not starting. And we've seen that for him, you know, more to 2 injury. Um, but the Ron and Russ staggering is a development that – it may not be enough, but it helps. It doesn't hurt. And you want to be doing things that help. And since Russ is still playing like mid-30s minutes per game, they still do play at the same time a lot. But we're seeing every time Russ is out of the game, Brons in the game. And just about every minute Braun is out of the game, Russ is in the game. Um, so you'll see like the starts and ends of halves. They're both in there. But then the Lakers have very purposely switched up the rotation where like LeBron sits a little bit early in the first and third quarters just to give himself a break while Russ keeps playing. And then once Bron comes back, Russ goes out and we just have like Bron only time. And then in the second quarter, when Bron leaves, Russ comes in and it's Russ only time. And then, and then Bron's back in and then they're both back in. But the strap, the staggering's good. It's helpful. It doesn't mean that Russell Westbrook's suddenly going to be a superstar player, but it should help him. It should help LeBron and it should help the team because now every minute Russ is out there, He's he may not be the first option, but he's well, I guess AD's not with AD being out. He's probably going to be the first or second option, maybe probably first option in every lineup he's in there when, when LeBron isn't playing. So, for as much of a negative as he's been defensively, and that's gotten worse and worse as the season has gone on, at least according to our data at B ball index, offensively, when he's out there, a higher percentage of his minutes should be him doing rust things rather than just kind of like standing around or setting screens for guys, which he can do, but you know, the, the value add really isn't there for him doing that versus someone else. So that at least is a positive development. We saw Austin Reeves with some clutch minutes, yeah. shots Twenty nine uh, only, only had nine points, but they were nine good points and he played 28, 29 really good minutes. Yeah. And so this, even though some of these bad things are happening due to injury, Maybe we'll see some of these rotational tweaks that do carry on and in, in move forward. And another thing that we mentioned is the offensive scheme needing to be better, needing to be more consistent. And we've heard Frank Vogel mention that as well. And, you know, when we spoke to, I think we I think we reported this, or reporting it's not the right word, but in talking to a member of the Lakers coaching staff at some point earlier in the season, I don't remember when it was, Asking about, like, hey, when you guys, you know, what's the thought process behind running plays sometimes, not running plays sometimes? We did hear Vogel's Vogel's, like public answer, which is like, we go based off of feel that more, you know, vibes, not all vibes. Yeah, all vibes, no plan, just vibes. The other answer that we got was more along the lines of, well, sometimes you have to call more plays. And it was in the midst of some injuries. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I don't know, other times, you know, the vibe's bad. You we walk put into a party our party, and know, the vibes
1: bad. You got to call seventeen points in a quarter.
2: <laughs> like <laughs> in the start of that Utah game, Tom, like we had shot Oof. clock violations. They were like THT, one second left on the clock, threes. Like it was bad. But we saw some better stuff later on. Overall, not a great game. Not a good game schematically. We have seen some games recently that have been pretty darn good. The second half of that Knicks game was really good. The Milwaukee game was decent. The Atlanta game was pretty good. Unfortunately, we lost at the end. Um, but there have been some good games mixed in. But when we look at like, the shot quality for the team, game by game, mapped out for the season, we're on you know, an upswing sort of right now. But we've never seen a higher degree of inconsistency, just using variance as a stat, looking at the shot quality game by game. It, it was either like bad all the time or like pretty good and getting better and, and, and good every game. We haven't seen a period of time like right now where it's like awful game, great game, awful game, okay game, awful game, great game, just like every other day it seems like. So it's it's nuts. I feel better about it than when we were bad with the scheme every day and bad with the shot quality every day. But it doesn't signal to me that from a game planning standpoint or an in-game play calling standpoint that they
1: get it. So, you know, not good. Yeah, no, Could be not, worse. We've seen great. worse, but not good. The frustrating part on that end, Tim, is uh, to your point that that we see we had seen better uh, like progress uh, in December, mm-hmm. and that it just kind of seemed to fade away when they didn't get quite the results um, because the process yeah. was there on offense better than it had mm-hmm. been. Uh, just touching on something that you had mentioned about LeBron and Westbrook's minutes, like I feel like for the pretty much the majority of this LeBron on the Lakers stretch with Vogel. He has done the play the first six to eight minutes, LeBron, sit that full end of the first, come back with the second unit at the top of the second, you know, come out in the middle, come back at the end of the second, kind of rinse, repeat Uh, a a little bit different in the second half. This is totally different. This is like the way this lineup is an organized, you know, you played 40 minutes, 39.7 minutes. Uh, and if you want fans, go to popcornmachine.net. Like it's a great site to visualize these rotations. You can see, you know, what rotations got, you know, what points, and it's really cool. But looking at it, it's like they're like, "Fuck, we can't, we can't go more than half of a shift without LeBron." Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it was just specific to this team. I think this is something you're going to have to see going forward, where LeBron's going to need to play 38, 39, 40, 41 minutes in a 48 minute game to keep this team head above water uh and yeah those minutes where russ is the primary without lebron it's harder to kill you when there's only eight of those minutes mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah absolutely and and again it's not going to make russ a superstar guy but it should help him and the fact that lebron's playing as much as he is should help the team's performance you just worry about lebron being able to sustain that but if they do get to the point where they say, all right, we can't play him this much. We do need to be able to hold the offense above water. Maybe they'll look towards calling more plays like they did earlier in the season due to injuries where it wasn't as much 80s playing. Therefore, you know, 80s presence means don't run plays. It was more, man, we're missing this star guy. We have to call plays in order to like make this work. And I think that's that might be more the long, along the lines of their thought process. I don't think it's just all oh, they've checked out. I don't think they're trying to tank the team. If I'm trying to rationalize what we're seeing, I, I think it might be that they don't think they need to do that. They, they almost see that as a you know, cowardly alternative to just like, letting your players play, which I disagree with a lot, but might explain what we've seen so far and may lead me to believe that moving forward with AD out, we might see more real offense around the team.
1: Mhm. Um I guess on that note with AD out, uh we still haven't seen Carmelo very much over the last few weeks. Um so it we go right back to we got to have those LeBron at center minutes. Um and we've seen, you know, the Lakers find some success with that, but it's just another way He's put more tax uh, on him, his body, and the way that's like not just playing forty minutes, but oh, also you're our defensive anchor, our low man rotator, our guy who cleans up things. We see LeBron (laughs) just doesn't have the juice to do both things on both ends every night, and it's. It's a, it's a tough ass. A few players do have the juice when they are in their athletic prime. So Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have to see more of Dwight Howard, maybe Deandre Jordan, Trevor Ariza. And so I guess, okay, let me, I'm going to ask you this. This is totally off the cuff, but cut the Lakers, like rotation down in half, right? And you have your shooters and your non-shooters on one side. So Mm -hmm. your shooters, Malik Monk, Austin Reeves, Wayne Ellington, Trevor uh, Reza. Reza
2: and Bazemore aren't quite shooters, but should be able to hit open shots.
1: Okay, so let's put a Reza in the does enough to, you know, his shooting won't kill you, I guess. spacing's yeah. not great, but so those are the Lakers shooters. The actual okay. shooters are like Mellow,
2: Monk, and LeBron, and like, right. that's it.
1: Right. So, and Ellington. But, in the remaining guys. Right. And I'm not talking about Westbrook. I'm talking about kind of the ancillary guys. So Stanley Johnson, THT, um, you know, I would say base more as a non-shooter, Dwight Howard, Deandre Jordan, who are the most important non-shooters to play around the rest of the lineups that we have available right now with no AD. Like how do you prioritize those guys? Because, you You know, THT, um, not a shooter, but can create a little bit for himself. And I thought his defense was pretty good uh, against Utah. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think he's one of the most important non-shooting players we have, if not the most important right now, because of he can still do other things on offense, but you can't have him on the court with russell westbrook stanley johnson deandre jordan and austin reeves there's just not enough shooting there so Mm -hmm. just trying to find who's the most important non-shooter that we have to get these these certain things from i don't know if this is making sense to you but it's just like i'm explaining it i just you know what i mean like how do they fit these pieces in now where it's even more difficult with ADF?
2: Yeah, in and with THT, like you said, like he has more on ball creation. He has more playmaking. He has a good defense in, in some of these areas that that differentiate him compared to some of his peers. But the lack of shooting makes it tough to play him with certain guys. Like it's it's tough to play him and Russ and Dwight or DeAndre or like there you can't have more than like two of these guys on the court at the same time that aren't adding to the shooting and and Johnson and Bazemore and Ariza like it's all kind of like very questionable where certain games it's fine certain games they go over two or they're just not attempting shots so the the reliable spacers are few and far between and with THT, you, you almost have to stagger his and Russ's minutes, which we've seen the Lakers do a bit recently. They, in that Utah game, they didn't really play at the same time other than at the very end of the game where the lineup was Russ, Monk, LeBron, Reeves, and THT, where mm-hmm. you, again, only have two of those odd spacers. Uh, and that group performed really well, went on a 16-2 run. Right. Um, actually, LeBron, I think, was out for the very beginning of that, but that was the group that won the Lakers the game. Uh, and so THT being able to, you know, play a little bit bigger, play some of those like non-shooter wing minutes can be really useful for this team moving forward. And I don't don't know, like you're, like you're saying it's, it's tough. I think Reeves and THT and Monk are the really important guys for this team between a reason Johnson, like you've got to just like be okay uh with Dwight you're just hoping to not get, like get outscored during those minutes he doesn't really fit into the scheme the rest of the team has Ellington isn't someone we can really rely on defensively Baysmore he's getting his shots here or there and he's staying ready at least uh he's chopping his wood and carrying his water as he reminds us uh you know getting getting articles written about him because he's unhappy wants to play more things like that uh in theory he fits in if they're switching a bunch and if he can knock down his threes he fits you just can't have him doing anything more than that and if he's in the game without lebron in the game and there's no scheme he's probably going to be asked far too often to do more than he can really do so that's his issue is his circumstances have to be super specific and you can't have a bunch of guys in the roster that only fit together with certain other guys and really run a competent roster and that's a competent rotation and that's what the lakers are really really stuck with here but monk and his offense and his defense has been getting better uh reeves has really been surging in our impact metrics and showing us why he deserves to be playing a lot more he played 29 minutes in that most recent game he needs to be playing a bunch tht needs to be playing a bunch and i think they just need to find ways to stagger tht and ross and like you've got pieces here like you should be able to be okay even without ad uh but we're gonna have to continue seeing pieces put together in ways that make sense and LeBron's going to have to continue being an MVP candidate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Russ didn't have a terrible game uh, against Mm -hmm. the jazz. He was okay. Like 17, eight and five, something like that. Got a couple of big uh, push the pace buckets um, in the fourth quarter, but you know, it was, it was a good win. They got down and obviously the, you know, demoralizing hit of AD went down in a heap. Like, like, he goes down often. We've seen him. That was probably the most pain I've ever seen him in after like immediately um, in a game. So I I actually found it, Tim, if you want to hear all the 80s injuries this past year. Yeah. Achilles tendonitis, a grade two calf sprain, a hyperextended knee, a groin strain, a grade two MCL sprain, a thumb sprain, and now a right ankle sprain. <laughs> that's too much
2: that's the kind of stuff that like have like andrew luck retiring <laughs> like, in football. it's like i'm a Colts yeah. fan and this man was just like just playing like you know within an inch of his life it seemed like all the time <laughs> 80s just constantly injured it's 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 awful
1: it's but, like i can't tell whether his ligaments are like paper mache or if he's like go-go gadget man and can bend Tim, I thought he broke his ankle.
2: I thought he broke his ankle too. I like saw it the first time and I was oh, like, I this is a six to eight again. month injury. Awful.
1: And mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll see you guys next year.
2: Yeah. The fact that it's not broken
1: it's is incredible. Really it's to me. Yeah. yeah it's so <laughs> incredible. Um, shouts to AJ's like a man's so here, you know, underrated. Uh in what you do, because again, we could criticize him for all these injuries, and I think they're all just legitimate basketball injuries. AD goes hard to the rim, Um, and he's you know out there hooping in low tops, which some people think mm-hmm. is crazy. They're they're what works for him, uh, I guess. I've
2: I've talked to someone who is very I don't I don't know their exact credentials, very skilled in the sports medicine realm and consult has consulted with NBA teams and and like knows what they're talking about. And there's no science behind high tops being better for bigs or for guards or helping your ankles not get sprained. That was, that was their input that I had heard from them like a year ago. So it wasn't 80 okay. specific, but
1: I'll um, just say, if you wear those high tops that are like a cast on your ankle, you're breaking your shin, you're breaking your fibula <laughs> and not spraining maybe. an ankle. Uh but you know i i don't think this is like i'm i'm obviously not sitting here saying blaming ad for getting injured i think it's actually kind of incredible he even can come back this season so um mm-hmm. i just wanted to to put a little context into that like right? this has been an incredibly unlucky injury year for ad uh calendar year not just this season last season you know he's out for a month comes back for 12 games and then he's out for two months. And that seemed yep. to be his cycle right now. Um, mm-hmm. So let's move on. We talked a little about the jazz uh, game, which was a good win for the Lakers. Uh, they did drop that one in golden state, which was really frustrating because that felt like a very winnable game. Um, but Tim, we talked last week about possible buyout guys and we're, you know, a week plus remove from the trade deadline. Uh, We did see Gordon Dragic get bought out by San Antonio, but there hasn't been a ton of movement on that front. And you could say, you know, the teams who want to buy guys out are motivated to get it done as soon as possible in part to save more money. Right. Even if it's a one game check or, you know, that's one more check that another team could be paying them and that could. Become off their bucks, so mm-hmm. hasn't been as much activity on the buyout market. Do you still think there will be some decent options for the Lakers, or starting to look kind of grim already? I don't see
2: anyone who like makes me change my outlook on the season. I think Goran Except my, is, Mike
1: Muscala, right?
2: Yeah. So <laughs> Muscala's not going to get bought out. Truders not going to get bought out. Gary Harris, in all likelihood, is not going to get bought out. Uh, Bembry was bought out. I didn't think he was a good fit with the Lakers. He went with Milwaukee, who was a much better fit with, because he had more spacing. Uh, let me ask you,
1: are the Lakers are a a one or a two seed If Mike Muscala did get bought out. (laughs) Look, you planted your flag, bro. You might as well salute it.
2: I, if everything else were the same, but they made the Muscala and Kenrich Williams trade, I think I'd feel better about the team. I think, they'd, I think they'd have a much better shot of getting in that eight seed.
1: Wow. No Muscala yeah. left. Sorry, I can't. I can't. I have to. I have to.
2: <laughs> I, I can't. Well, this is the thing, Tom. Like, I, I, so much of this podcast is about winning at the margins. So you can point at any individual margin and be like, is this going to win the Lakers the championship? <laughs> Probably not. So I'm constantly open to this. But but it would have helped. Yeah. It would have helped. So he's not going to get bought out. I think at this point, like, I think Moses Brown is interesting. He can do some things right now. He needs to put on more weight, but he's clearly like an NBA. Like he can be an NBA player. He can be a backup center. And he's seven foot two. Like he's a guy that I would waive DeAndre for. Pick him up. Give him like I'd throw like a two year deal at him where the second year's like non guaranteed. And then just have his, at the very least, you have his salary that you can trade during the offseason. So if you do need to move a little bit of money, you're not moving like Austin Reeves or Malik Monk or something like that. Um, So get somebody under contract. I think that is part of the value for the Lakers here with these guys is even if they don't really help the team's performance this year, you can at least get somebody on the books that's movable, but also super cheap. Um, So if you can give him a deal like that, and if you do keep him, get him in the weight room, put some weight on the Lakers will need and the Lakers will be a good spot for rolling cut bigs in the future, in the past, in the present. Uh, and we've seen that. We've seen that with Dwight and DeAndre and JaVale McGee, where it's not that like those players are great, but the Lakers are going to feed them good looks. Andre Drummond, like if you can, if you can convert decently at the rim, you're going to just feast when LeBron's on your team. And like Rush should be able to help with this. AD should be able to help with this. So I, he's someone that makes sense that I don't think is like a, a needle mover for me. But is intriguing enough and can he do enough that I'd I'd be happy to give him a roster spot. Uh Dragic is the other guy. That yeah, is, I don't. He's the best player available. But the Lakers aren't the best team available,
1: right? So that's that's the tricky and, piece of this. And they can't offer the most money available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and like he's at the point in his career where he's not looking for like i need the opportunity to get a really prove my worth. Like, next year he purposefully year. Yeah. didn't play this year because he knows he only has like 50 miles left in his gas tank <laughs> like he's he's he went biking and and he walked a little bit to get his errands done cuz he did not want to use the rest of the gas um so yeah. I don't know that like he's going to sign for the, the best contender that he can most likely that, that to me is what makes the most sense. Um, and so I don't know that the Lakers, I don't believe the Lakers match that he he could end up with them, but I don't, if I were him, I I wouldn't go to LA.
1: Yeah. Um, what's the argument, Tim, for, in your mind, not cutting DeAndre Jordan two weeks ago and cycling through 10-day contracts. Why not? Do you save money? It's not. I put the money aside because, like, if that's, you're talking about winning the on the margins, <laughs> it's just the money, right? That's what I'm trying to Yeah, it's to get only at. the
2: money. There's no other reason to me. Like, there's no reason you shouldn't be just, like, trying dudes out. Like, Moses Brown might be something. Some of these other guys might be something. Maybe DJ Wilson, who I don't feel great about, maybe he can be, you know, a decent mobile big that stretches the floor. Just like throw some darts. There's no reason to not throw darts from a basketball standpoint for a guy that it, unless everything's going so horribly wrong that you have no shot of doing anything this season, which we're getting close to, um, he shouldn't be playing. So there's no basketball reason unless he's this great locker room guy, which at this point you need to start you know throwing darts and going for some upside or going for guys that might have a spot on this team next year. Or might be someone you sign and, and then are able to move over the off season or something like that. Like I, I don't, I don't get it.
1: So, did you hear the reports from? Uh, I think it was the Hoop Collective Pod that McManaman and Ramona did, where they. Oh, you
2: mean the the clutch in the Lakers front office podcast?
1: Yeah, the I mean it, it was to be fair, like those respective uh, reporters have. Information from those respective parties, right? There's some framing going on. For there sure, there is. There's but some
2: framing. There, you could even say there might be some lying, that some spinning.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, lots uh, of AKA, spinning. Yeah, professional lying. That's what spin is. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but to you know what they're talking about was that the wall and wood package that we were like, ah, you know, uh, not totally against. I would have taken it. Was on the table, but the Lakers were not interested in absorbing more money. So that See, is why DeAndre Jordan is still on the team and not that, Jay Huff for, you know what I mean? Who's hooping,
2: by the way. I mean, Real why not? No, look at some Jay Huff film, man. What are you,
1: like, what, like, why not at this point? is There's no reason. It's only money. It's been money. <laughs> like, so we need to figure out, Tim, because the Lakers, you know, they're going to have that show coming out about the Showtime Lakers on HBO. Mm-hmm genie is developing a a lakers office comedy with mindy kaling like do we need just the lakers just need to make like television properties to make money and two years from now we can spend deep into the tax like what is happening lakers brats it makes some
2: sense like you you i don't know man unless like the crypto.com money in in this hbo is it hbo i'm assuming hbo it, unless those like suddenly give them this huge influx of cash that they're willing to spend liberally next year, I don't like, I don't see it. Like, if you were going to spend, if you were going to say, All right, this is the year to really dig deep, this would have been the year. And unfortunately, injuries have really derailed it. But like last offseason, that was the time to either buy in or acknowledge that you're not like, you're kind of really looking towards the future at that point because they didn't set this team up well to succeed. And it's been money, and it's going to continue to be money. Well,
1: and from their perspective, this is what's so frustrating to me, is they're like, well, that's bad business. We're not going to throw good money after bad. Like, wait, you didn't? the bad money you threw out was to get Russell? With, ah, goddammit. Um, so, mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: We need to... Th- I had also heard that that trade was spoken about but wasn't ever formally offered or available for the Lakers to accept.
1: It, this could be spin. them framing it the spin. wrong or yeah. spin yes like you said mm-hmm. it's a juicier story if the big bad lakers are cheap um yep. that is something to talk about and it'll get clicks um mm-hmm. and there's motivation for people at espn to frame the story that way because it's high drama and that's what the nba's currency is in uh in kind of the zeitgeist of fans is like oh man like Where's LeBron going to go next year? You know, it's all that, the extra non-basketball stuff that so many NBA reporters have kind of pivoted to over the last 10 years. Um, so, yeah, that's what you always have to consider, the motivations. What what does the, what do these people have to gain from releasing this information on a podcast sponsoring CarMax? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Levels yeah. to it.
2: There's always levels to it, and it's interesting when it's when it's head to head as well, where it's like you know the information coming from each of these individuals is you know front office versus clutch basically. So it's it's, it's interesting. It's fun to track. It is, and so, it's
1: it's more. The Lakers transparent delivered on their promise. Think.
2: Yeah, yeah. If it just takes a sec, like as long as you like say, wait a minute, you know what's going on here. It's fairly easy to figure out what's going on. Um, And where the info's coming from and why it's being spun and who's spinning it, and to what purpose i'll say this everybody was right this past offseason when they said the Lakers, good or bad, we're gonna be just a, a really interesting team to follow. So much has happened in you so know, I don't many think it's that ways. interesting
1: I'm not I, I interested.
2: are you interested I wouldn't say I'm having fun <laughs> but but it's a <laughs> Like you're gonna you're gonna watch the car crash,
1: like. See, but that's I don't, I don't the know. rest of the league. Like that's like, yeah. When you're in the car crash, you're getting fucking traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> like that's fair. Like, that's fair. <laughs> oh my god, my seatbelt's trapped. And yeah. Like oh shit, that fool's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah. yes, it, it is a the shot in Freud of the Lakers. That the rest it's, of the league hates us, and this is like after we won in the bubble. This is exactly the, what they were hoping for.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it's to the point where tom you've had to like veto uh (laughs) like joke ideas i've had because it's just it's getting too dark
1: just that's usually my territory Uh uh you're usually vetoing my jokes (laughs) pre-show so it's getting bad out there all right uh Mm -hmm. let's take a quick break and then when we come back we'll i don't fucking talk a little bit more about this stupid ass team
2: okay
1: All right, and we're back, Tim. Um, can I read you a quote from Frank Vogel? Uh, Rui, yep. The plan without Anthony Davis. Sure. Uh, win some games until we get him back. That's, <laughs> that, the, plan. that's the quote? Yeah. Oh, man. Win games <sighs> until we get him back. Hang on, I'm writing this down, so I, I should have thought of that one. It's like there's a certain degree of where coaches are also spin doctors because, like, Frank's, like, every night, he's like, guys, guys, guys. Don't even ask me what the starting lineup is. You'll find out exactly 30 minutes before tip-off, but I am mandated to let you know. Yeah.
2: And guess what? But Avery Bradley will be in it.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's the guy who's just going to make that fucking mm-hmm. joke. Um. So god damn it. Um I don't know, man. What the fuck? AD's out now. You know, he was looking good those first couple weeks he came back. I thought he had a, you know, obviously a bad game against Milwaukee. Um he was everywhere defensively against Golden State. He was, you know, playing good defense and he made a fucking three against Utah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Which I can't imagine. Like he was like seventeen percent or whatever. Does he just go to like twenty percent because he's just that that bad? Been that bad? Don't answer that. I don't want to actually know. Um, what the <laughs> hell, man? What's you know what I mean? What's yeah? What what? So what's ahead? What's ahead? So
2: r- right at right, fresh out of the All Star break, this team plays the Clippers. Their first game, they get the Pelicans, the Mavs, the Clippers again, and then the Warriors. Within those like five games right there, the Lakers could be in the eighth seed or they can be kind of screwed because <laughs> there aren't too many games left and the Clippers are right ahead of them and their only two games left against the Clippers are two of those first four games. So they, if they want to have any run to, you know, any sort of win streak here, any kind of run to stay above water, maybe not even a win streak, but like if you can beat the Clippers twice and then like beat the Pelicans loose to the Mavs, loose to the Warriors. Like even like that would probably do pretty good things for this team from a standing standpoint. They need to take advantage of the nine days they have off between those two games to do some self-scouting and figure out when they succeed, why. When they aren't succeeding, why. It's such a it's such a key thing that a lot of teams at least or at least at the college level, at the high school level, you don't do as well. And you don't really look at it until like the off season at the NBA level. You have to be looking at this stuff constantly and figure out what are my trends? What can we improve on? Like how can we cut out the fat in our approach and be like being the best version of ourselves? This is their only, this is their final real break here to try to figure that out. They got kind of lucky in terms of AD injury timing that it is happening right before the All-Star break in that, you know, at least a week of the, the time off, there are no games. So they, I mean, they didn't catch a break by any means, but that at least softens the blow a little bit. But if he's out for like a month, like it's not really gonna, you know, it's not a huge, huge, you know, difference there, but yeah. We're gonna know pretty quickly coming out of the break whether or not this team has it in them or not. I think, because they just don't. If there were, if there was ever to be a time where they figure it out and say, "Oh, you know, it turns out these six plays destroy worlds and these four plays are garbage," and when we play pickup basketball, it's not helpful. This is their time to figure that out. This is their time to say, "Oh, you know what? We should be playing Austin Reeves a lot more. We we should be." staggering russ and lebron's minutes staggering russ and tht minutes like those sorts of insights i can understand how in that day-to-day grind you you a lot of times try to tone out just any of that outside noise and it is outside noise whether it's us or other random fans or espn's talking heads like that's that's the outside it's us versus them we need to stick together we need to you know follow our game plan and there's less of that i don't know willingness to seek out new ideas potentially. This is their chance. This is this is it. So we'll see what that ends up looking like. Um, maybe this is I don't know. This is this is their shot. This is make or break. When they come back by March 3rd, the second Clippers game, we're gonna know I think the fate of where this team's gonna be in the standings. And by that point, we should have more of an idea of what 80's injury timeline looks like. And I don't know. That's it. I, I think that's the good news is that we're gonna know pretty quickly what this can be or what it can't be.
1: Yeah, um, just like you were saying, I just want to give the audience the kind of context for the standings like the Clippers and Lakers are actually tied at 27 losses, but because the Clippers have played two more games and they've won two, they have a full game up on the Lakers, but it's kind of the losses that you track there, Tim, because the games will even out, obviously. And uh, so, yeah, only two losses back from Minnesota in the seventh seed. I'll tell you, like, yes, the Lakers are playing bound, but there is a big difference between a 7 or 8 seed versus a 9 or 10 seed, having to win Mm -hmm. two games versus one. um, And definitely the way this team is playing, even though it's against some of these teams who Clippers might not have Kawhi or Paul George, they still give us fits, right? Mm -hmm. We lost that close game because of Reggie Jackson and, and some bad crunch time defense. Uh, you yep. do that, you're out, and then all of a sudden you're sending a, send in a lottery pick. Uh, I think to Memphis is where it's going now. But uh, and the other positive news is that it's looking pretty hard to fall out of the play in. Um, the 11th seed right now is the New Orleans Pelicans at 19 and 32, and they've been <laughs> playing better lately. But they're still you know, five games ahead of the Pelicans in the 11 spot. Um, and then you got the, the Spurs and the Kings at 33 and 34 losses, respectively. Kings have as many losses as the Thunder do, which Oof. tickles me. Um, at least we're not the Kings. Um, anyway, it's looking like the Lakers are full on play and bound, but if they can sneak up even into that eighth seed, um that just makes their chances you get to host a playoff game you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's gonna help man there's not a lot of exceptionalism going on again tim yeah well i mean in,
2: in again if they're the nine seed they have to play the 10 seed first right and then they play for the eight.
1: i think they isn't play, that correct. isn't it the seven seed plays the 10 seed and the eight seed plays the nine no, I think
2: seven plays eight in the winners. Oh, uh, you're the right. The loser you're then right. plays the winner of... You're right, we're right. Nine, ten. So if we're the ninth seed, still one loss and you're out, but you at least have home court against Portland probably. And like, I don't want to play <laughs> Dame Lillard and Anthony Simons. Like, I, I don't know. Like, you want two so shots. Good team. You want yeah, two yeah. shots. Like you, sh- You want two shots. You should be able to beat that team, but you do, of course, want two shots. So like... Moving up from where they are right now matters a lot. If they drop down one more spot, it's it's only home court for the one game, which isn't a huge deal, but can still be a pretty big deal in the grand scheme of things. When you like modeling games out in the playoffs, it's going to be like an eight point swing or seven point swing, basically between home at one place and home at the other place. So, you know, staying where they are right now is important. Uh, getting to the eight seed is is critical. But I agree with you that, like, I don't think they're going to fall out of the play-in. It would be really right. difficult, given the number of games left, for them to get that cold, barring LeBron
1: going LeBron getting at hurt, At some yeah. point soon. Yeah.
2: Yep. So, and, and hey, you know, if your top two players get injured, you know your season's over, right? You can never, you can never have success there. You could never be the eighth seed. Um, we've never seen that before from a team playing in Staples Center, or whatever it's called now. So, we'll see what happens.
1: Sadness. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton else much to go over, Tim. I just kind of I mean, maybe at some point we do the pod that are like, God, that fucking Golden State game or God, you know, the seven swing games of throughout the season, because like the, the Utah game or, or the, the Knicks game or swing in the mm-hmm. positive direction. Right. Where yeah. Lakers got a win after being down quite a bit late in the game. Mm-hmm. But I could t- I I feel like if I looked at the schedule I could name you like five games that the Lakers lost that they they should have won. The Clippers well, game. Interestingly,
2: it Bix, one of our members in the Discord, he was able to name ten. He listed out ten, and he even like wrote up
1: ten lo- losses, ten
2: losses that yeah. should have been wins that were like directly coaching related. Which yeah. at first glance, I was like, that seems like a really high number. And then he started working through it, and I was like, oh. I, that that I, actually kind of seems accurate. I, I can get behind this. So w- that might be some uh, with bonus him. pod yeah. material. Yeah, w- we we should have him join us on one of the bonus pods that we do for the good folks at the Discord. Um, yeah. Who are subscribing to the lower bull tier or or above. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get that on the schedule.
1: I feel like I am right there with him. Oh, oh, both Oklahoma City games. Yep.
2: We lost the Kings game. We shouldn't have lost. We lost Maybe the Kings
1: the game. Kings we got three we there right Kings now. Games. Um, mm. There's the fucking, the first game in New York. There's a triple overtime in Sacramento. Yeah. Yep. I The the first game against the Clippers. I mean, the uh-huh. Warriors
2: game and the Trailblazers game recently were both games that like.
3: Oh my God.
1: Well, and the then on the other side, watch. like I was saying, there's that Dallas win. The Reeves three.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um yep. The New York comeback, the uh the the Utah comeback, they won a game against Minnesota that <laughs> I felt like they should have lost. So yeah, it, this could be interesting. I just kind of briefly perusing the schedule, like, oh, that fucking Indiana game. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That second Miami game. Yeah. Like this that is one
2: really made me upset. The like, Charlotte yeah.
1: game. Like I wouldn't say all of these are totally on Vogel. Obviously, like stuff for like the Charlotte game, like there's no Ad, no LeBron. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the road in the middle of a six-game road trip, it's mm-hmm. it's not like they were one bad ATL in that game. Yeah. Th- Maybe they was were a, ba- a, a good ATO away from a win.
2: Right, and and I think where it really is. You know, I'm not going to fight against it for me, is when it's a game that you can point out where we lost by like one or two points, where for an entire two quarters of basketball, the Lakers were running like ball screen coverages that made absolutely no sense for who our team is and who their team is. Like that kind of stuff is just inexcusable. So, like things where it's like a huge sample of the Lakers not playing sensical basketball, those ones are the ones that bug me.
1: And this has to be a private Discord pod so that the the national NBA schadenfreude can't drop in and, and fly in on our pain. Yeah. So it'll be a safe place where we can commiserate and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the thing we can't do though, Tim, and I I still think I'm happy. Frank Vogel wasn't fired mid season because I think it's a horrible message to send to other coaches throughout the league too, that like, Frank was not exactly set up to succeed uh, in a roster that fits his his personality, his his basketball philosophy. His his drop coverage philosophy. His, Fra- his yeah. inability
2: to yes. run a switch scheme, even if you're given a switch roster.
1: Frank told Polanco, like, these vibes are bad. I don't like these vibes. Can you get me some defensive vibes? And like Polanco was to like, work. here's Russell Westbrook. Uh, yeah
2: so it's such a good defensive roster the past couple seasons like they fit so well kcp and caruso yeah. and Danny yeah green and like yeah schroeder even for all the crap we gave him like he was good at the point of attack he was really a yeah. chaser he just rotated poorly and
1: west I matthews mm-hmm. it's it there at least made sense there where it's like yeah yeah okay like carmelo anthony okay and malik monk and russell <laughs> it's like wait 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 Wait, you've gone too far. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe at some point in the off season, we need to to have a full pod about Palenka's philosophy as a front office GM, which yep. seems to just be blow it up. <laughs> Championship it, roster, it blow it up. Lost in the first round because of injuries, blow it up.
2: <laughs> yeah, is there? There's a song that goes like that, isn't there? I don't know, Kevin O'Connor. Isn't there I... like a reggae song that? It's not blow it up, but we can hang on. I'm going to take a note. I'm going to commission another song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, this is uh, how you
2: you create change in the world, Tom, because you make parody songs about
1: it. best defense in the league three straight years. Blow it up! <laughs> blow it up! <laughs> <laughs> we laugh because we cry. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got this week, Tim. Uh, keep an eye on you know our Discord if you are not in. Uh send us Tim or I a screenshot of a five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen in the pods, you can usually review. And we'll send you the link to the Discord where there's a lot of extra free content, great community. And then if you're interested, we've got some tiers going on. We broke that down at the end of the last pod. I'm not going to get into it in total detail, but <laughs> 15 more minutes, extra stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, man, I don't know. Anything else you're looking for over this week? We're going to have, yeah, what's up?
2: We uh we added a pet
1: uh
2: channel in the Discord. So you can drown all of your sorrows in pictures of of other people's really cute animals. It's been really therapeutic, I think. Wow. It's nice. See? People are oh. having like full-blown discussions about TV and movies and the NFL and all kinds of different things. It's just it's gone past like, "Alright, the Lakers are bad, so I need to check out." It's the Lakers are bad, you know, we'll Keep watching. But we'll, did you watch we'll, Boba we'll Fett upset last night? Like, yeah. Exactly. But yeah. yeah, like still have fun with people. Yeah. Um, So that's been really nice. It's still like same group that you've established that rapport with through basketball and through the Lakers. But then able to like realize you have other things in common and enjoy other aspects of life. Um, So that and then, of course, uh, we have a special guest coming up. We need to nail down the exact time and date. But uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, uh, Austin Reeves coming back on the pod. He came in, uh, I think it was like preseason ish time when he mm-hmm. came on. We have so much more to ask him now. And yeah, like, we actually watched him rise up through the ranks of an NBA rotation, which, like, that's the question right there. Like, what does it feel like to get go from eight minutes a game to 29 and hitting mm-hmm. a, a game deciding, you know, dagger bucket? Which he has yeah. two of this season. It's, I have right. so many questions. Like, how does it feel to get annihilated by Julius Randle on the screen? I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that from a few weeks ago.
2: Yep. The remember the play where the memeable one where he
1: was so like, good.
2: apparently confused by what LeBron was saying? Like, it, it, it's no longer, you know, remember last time he answered, like, yeah, I can just walk around, nobody knows who I am, basically. <laughs> like, yeah. He can just yeah. walk around downtown LA, no problem. That's not the case anymore, I yeah. would imagine. So we can ask for an update there. I remember a lot of our questions previously were more, you know, his insight into how the team's operating or being around certain guys or how he's learning. Now we've got like actual, like a bunch of actual game film and like cool moments to, to really ask him about. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. We are going to last time opened it up to like Twitter and Reddit and, and got questions there that we, we used, uh, But this time we're going to keep it a little bit more, you know, within the community. So Keep an eye out in the Discord for for us soliciting questions there, and we'll make a couple of those into what we're planning to ask Austin in our upcoming uh, podcast with him.
1: Yeah, you don't want to miss out getting a chance to ask a Lakers player, you know, one of the best parts of the season, uh, something straight to him. So that'll be a lot of mm-hmm. fun, Tim. Um, but just to wrap it up, uh, we have a special thanks to the Friends of the Pod, Zach Harris, Mike H, Q uh, and iPod Shuffle, as well as the entire Laker Sex Mafia, that is the name of the Discord, uh, who support us and what we do here. It really keeps us going. And if, if anyone wants to uh, get in on the love. You can find details of how to support us on our private discord by going to tinyurl.com slash support Lakers X pod. That's tinyurl.com slash support Lakers, Laker sex pod, all one word. Um, or Lakers so, X pod, either. Yeah. Either works. This is a family friendly show, Tim, even though I type explicit every time I curse on a pod. Um <laughs> it's you know and it i I can't even finish a joke about sex right now i'm going goodbye thank you everyone talk to you later bye everyone
2: (laughs) enjoy your weekend